I'm Jennifer Clare, and this is Kitchen Radio. This cooking podcast takes place in a different home kitchen every episode, where my guest teaches me how to cook one of their favorite dishes. I've been a culinary instructor for 18 years and run a cooking school for home cooks in New York City, but truthfully, I'm always more interested in what other people are cooking. Some of my guests are professional chefs, and just as many are passionate home cooks. I'm a teacher at heart, so I'm packing my microphone so you have a chance to learn right along with me. Today I'm visiting John Scoff in his apartment kitchen in Washington Heights. John has been a chef instructor at our cooking school since 2005. He is, in fact, the first person I ever officially hired. The fact that he's still teaching at the school some 15 years later is a testament to his incredible loyalty and good nature, both of which he has in spades. John hails from Charleston, South Carolina, and is the maven behind our popular Southern Brunch class. His shrimp and grits draws rave reviews, so I thought it was high time for him to let me in on his secrets for this classic Southern dish. Listen in. All right, here we are in the kitchen of John Scope. Hey there. Hello. Nice to be here with you. Glad to have you here. <laughs> we never get to cook together. I know. So it's a pleasure to uh, to get to do that. So tell me, what are you teaching me how to make tonight? Today we're doing classic low country shrimp and grits. Love it. And tell me about, you are clearly our low country maven here at the school. Talk to me about you. Talk to me about you. Well, I... Fast. <laughs> I am not was not born down so but I was raised down there and I learned how you to cook. You were born down there? No, I was born up here in New York actually. I, I didn't know. In that. Rochester. Yeah. So what age were you when you moved down there? 4. Okay. So do, that, do, do Southerners, do they feel like you're a Southerner? No. Yeah. Got born and raised. It didn't count at all. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. count. Those four years. So the New Yorkers call me a Southerner and yeah. Southerners call me call me a Yankee. Yeah. Oh my Just, god. You can't you can't get can't any win. respect. Can't win. Nope. All right, well, I call you a Southerner. You're so my low-country chef. Because I learned how to become a chef in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. Which is a, as most people know, a huge culinary mecca now. But when I was there, it was just mostly all about low-country cuisine. Uh-huh. And I learned it, and I love it, and I'm really good at it. You are really good <laughs> at it. So, yes, this is, so the dish that you're teaching us is from our... One of our most popular classes, our Southern Brunch class. Indeed. Oh, we sold that on a Sunday. Um, so it looks like there's lots of components to this because we've it got is. all kinds of pots and saute pans on the stovetop here. So take me through the order of business that we're doing. So this is more complex than most shrimp and grits because shrimp and grits originally was just shrimp on grits. Literally just leftover shrimp, you know, oh. simple peasant food, you know, just shrimp on top of grits. And of course it's come what it is today. And every chef now has to make their own version and okay. it's become more and more complex as it goes on. So what's the criteria, like what's the... What are the things that you must have in shrimp? You must have, or obviously, grits. Yeah. <laughs> right, so let's talk about grits. Because, sure, please. So for a while, we used to rely on, every year, like two or three times a year, you'd go down home to right, Charleston right. and you'd come back with right. these in your suitcase, right. these bags right. of beautiful white grits from where? What was the name of the um, mill? Anson Mills is oh, one Anson of my Mills, favorites, yeah. yeah, as well as Carolina Rice Plantation. They make good grits, too. Oh. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you would bring this stuff up mm -hmm. in your suitcase for a tour grateful, but now... I'm now, embarrassed to say we get it on Amazon correct. delivered because <laughs> we can so buy four or five bags. Right. And you keep it in our freezer at the school. Is that... Just, you know, things slow down when they're cold. They, yeah. They, they, they break down slower, so, you know... You, and then you have to rush through the grits. So I want to talk about, like, the difference between grits and polenta. Because we cook a lot of polenta at the school because that's a northern Italian dish. Sure. So when I look at the grit... Like yours are white. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference I see. Are they just milled differently? Nope. White corn makes white grits. Yellow corn makes yellow grits. So is polenta just grits? 
Italian grits? Not really, because when you grind the corn, the dried corn, yeah. and you sift it through a fine screener, the screen or sifter, yeah. what comes through the fine particles is polenta or cornmeal. Okay. And the grittier stuff on top of the screen that didn't pass through grits. is grits. Ah. And they're called grits because even when they're cooked through, yeah. they're no longer al dente. They still have a gritty texture. They do. And that's what makes them so appealing. Yes. That's they why the nice texture, texture going down your esophagus and your yeah. belly is so yeah. gratifying because there's gritty texture. Yeah. It's just neat. Fantastic. All right, but so you want to get yeah. stone ground grits. Stone ground. Okay. Right. Because it gives important. you the texture. You use the texture. Exactly. Yeah. When uh, back in the way back in the day, it was always stone ground for everything, for wheat and for corn. Yeah. And then technology comes around, and it's just more efficient to use steel ground. Yeah. But we lost the texture of the grit. So. So yeah, you can buy grits like at the supermarket, mm -hmm. but they're so they don't have any. They're kind of refined, so there's no particles. They're more like in polenta. No. They're just they're, they're real fine. They're, yeah. soft. they're not gritty at all. It's a yeah. real smooth. It was delicious, but yeah. it's not grits. Because when you go to a like a not great diner and you get sure. a side of grits, they're it's just kind of like. It's they not grits. Just, well, they just have the kind of a baby food consistency. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, you got to get sure. the good stuff. So you got to get right, so stone we're ground. So we're starting with the grits because that takes how long? It takes up to thirty minutes to forty-five minutes, maybe even an hour, depending on how much you're doing and how coarse your grits are. So you want them to be super so you want soft. Super soft, yeah. yes. That's and just, what I just cook through. I learned that when I was making polenta that in the when you first add the grits to water boiling water like in five minutes it almost looks like they're done because they're all hydrated but that mm -hmm. you don't stop there you just keep cooking keep them because you've got to develop that flavor and right. also just to truly penetrate that tough corn. now you know they look cooked if you tasted them they would not they taste undercooked they yeah. taste too crunchy too yeah. crunchy not gritty crunchy and so you'll know so you know they're done when they're no longer crunchy but still have the grit texture right it has a, a like al dente texture right all right, so we're starting with grits, and so while they're simmering, then we're gonna make the make a a quick, uh, real quick shrimp broth or shrimp stock. Nice. And then we will get a little mise en place, chopping and cutting done, and we'll saute everything up together and pour it all over top of the grits. Yeah. So once yeah. you really, this is a pretty easy dish. If you've mise en place everything, cut everything up: tomatoes, peppers, yes. onion, and dewy sausage. It's fast. It comes together like pretty quick. It's a quick saute. So the yes. things that take time are the grits. Are the grits and the broth. And the broth. Mm -hmm. I love shrimp broth. I call it shrimp stock because it is the, shrimp stock. It is when you make it. Whoop! We're boiling over here. We've got. Wait, is there anything in here yet? This pot? Just, no, just oh, the butter. This is just water. Well, not just water. This is the pot. Your your grit pot has boiling water, a half a stick of butter, <laughs> and a good healthy pinch of salt. Correct. Before you even put the grits in it, so right. make a nice foamy. So you bring that to a boil, okay. yeah. And then just like your polenta, you slowly. Pour in the grits. Okay. What's the ratio of water to grit? That is an excellent question. The ratio was four to one. Four to one, yeah. There's a lot. Like most things, you're a two to one, three right, to one, four rice. to one is like rice yeah, is like rice is one to one and a half. Right, exactly. It really and this is, is a, a big water. difference. So and it absorbs all that water. All that water. Gives a nice creamy texture. Exactly. But like polenta, you pour it in, yeah. you know how to stir a little bit. So they don't oh, clump. So they don't clump. Yeah, nice. they love to clump up. Beautiful. And I know you say when you use when you, you do your polenta, you use a whisk. I do. Which is great for keeping them from clumping. However, you're using a you wooden never spoon. use a whisk on grits. <gasps> oh. It is a big Is that deal. heresy? Southern uh, complete heresy. Complete heresy. Now why? Because the metal wire yeah. whisk can break up the grit oh. and make it less gritty. You want the full You want the full grit, and the wooden spoon will not break up oh. the grit. Huh. Well, there you go. But you More see, unlike polenta, it does not look 
it kind of swells up almost immediately, right? Because it's thick. much finer. Yeah. This still looks very watery. Yeah. Right. It does. It just doesn't. This won't. This won't look tight and thick until maybe ten minutes. Okay. And at that point, it looks done. But again, it's not done. Gotta keep going. Lower the heat and just keep stirring occasionally until it is no longer coarse and crunchy, but just gritty. So the nice thing about this, it takes a while, but it's pretty much unattended. You just sort of right. Like, you gotta poke at it in the beginning here. You gotta watch it. Right. But once it starts it getting starts thick, going, it does it. start acting like lava because polenta. I have I've had yes. the polenta burn. They're not fun. No, where the blob of molten cornmeal jumps out of the pot and onto your hand. Yeah. And so yeah, I always this can do keep that a too. screen over it or like, yeah, sure. Do you put a lid on it or you? I usually don't. Okay, okay, you just, watch yeah, watch, just watch the, the the lava exactly the great lava. Grid lava. Mm -hmm. It still looks very, very watery, yeah. right? And it takes a while for it to actually thicken up, maybe 10 minutes. I like how you cook it with the butter. Usually I put butter in at the mm -hmm. end, but this this makes it, I don't know. In this case, enriched. I don't think it matters that much. It probably you know, doesn't. It, it, this tastes very buttery. Yeah. <laughs> like I love being in your kitchen, I was saying before we turned on the recorder, because you know we've worked together for almost 15 years, which is insane. Nuts. But we don't spend a lot of time together in the kitchen. No, like once not a nearly year, enough. You, right, not you nearly come enough. up to my house in Beacon, and we cook a big meal together with all the other so instructors. Yeah, but we don't. We're like ships passing in the night. So no. I love watching you cut your onion. Mm -hmm. I love watching yeah. you <laughs> right. clean your shrimp because it's totally it's different, different than how years. I do it. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, all, all right. right, so we're going to let that getting simmer. Getting a little thicker now. Right. You see, getting a little thicker. Just going to leave it alone and just let it slowly thicken and stir it occasionally. All right. So next step is... So next uh, is we'll get this shrimp stock going. Okay. I love shrimp stock because it's so instantly gratified when people think of stock they think of like chicken stock or mm -hmm. beef stock that sure. all takes hours and hours right. to really develop the mm -hmm. flavor and gelatin but with seafood you don't want to overcook it because it gets murky yes it's so cloudy like, and murky yeah so just 10 minutes is all you need to get like that pure flavor because the the meat bones the chicken bones and yeah. beef bones are heavy bones take a long time to get right. all that gelatin and, and, and flavor out yeah. of them yeah which shrimp shells are very very thin and wispy so right. you pull and the flavor just, off them in no time right and they're you have them anyways because you know we definitely encourage you to buy a shell on shrimp absolutely the shell off shrimp is just it's been sitting around yeah the shell protects the, sh the texture of the shrimp so it's, it's been frozen it won't work. matter you know, when sure. I go to, depends on where you shop, but at my at my market, I go to a place called Adams. I will go, um, and I'll put in, like, it's the first thing, I, I go right to the seafood counter, and I say, you know, can I have two pounds of shrimp, and can you shell it for me? And they pay, they charge me $3 a pound, mm -hmm. which to me is completely worth yeah, right. <laughs> the time that I save. But then I just, you know, do my rest of my shopping while my my shells are being that's you know, awesome so I would encourage anybody yeah, listening to agreed. try <laughs> to see Killing if shrimp is not fun. No. It's a little tough. But it doesn't take as long as you think. It's more of a mental arduous. It really yeah. maybe will take 10 minutes of your time. Right. Listen not... to a podcast while you're doing there you it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so what do you have in here? You have shrimp so shells. I, I have some buttered shrimp shells. And before I add oh, the kidding. other um, ingredients and aromatics, I want to toast the shells. Oh, what does that do? It brings the flavor out. Like okay. roasting a bone. Yeah. You know? oh. This really is crucial to me. you got to get these shells bright red and toast. It takes no time at all. It takes about maybe two or three minutes. But already you start smelling yeah. that shrimpy smell as that toast in the butter. You know what? I have literally never done that. I always throw my gray raw shells yeah. right into water. Damn it. It's because I'm from the north. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right? Nice. 
They were throwing some aromatics here. We got some, you know, you mirepoix, carrots, celery, onion, a little chopped garlic. Got some thyme, bay leaf, and, and you have I a like, really interesting ingredient that I've never seen. This is just my shrimp one of my personal flavors. Only this only tastes good in certain broths, what and I that? find it tastes good in shrimp broth and in duck broth or duck stock rather. It is star anise. Star anise. I love it. Too much so, of it would overwhelm it, but right. a hint. You're it's a nice touch. It's like it's got that pho. Sure. Taste that mm -hmm. Vietnamese pho thing. I know. I never thought of it with duck, but you are totally right. I've made, you know, all kinds of like cherry pan sauces for duck breasts, and if you just throw one star anise in there, mm -hmm. that is like the winner. The Absolutely. Flavor that ties it's just it all a together. hint, you know. So just one, because it's so strong. So strong, yeah. Not yeah. ground up either. Too yeah, strong. No. Just a little whole one that way. You just get the essence, but not an overwhelming flavor of it. Use my star anise more. I kind of only grab it when I'm. Honestly, doing like Vietnamese cooking, or I'm making mold mm. apple cider. It's one of my secret ingredients. I love that you love a lot of my food. Now it's that's great. your that's not a southern thing. It is not. It is a but a, thing. a, a it's a, your a little bit of Rochester. No, it's actually a, a dear <laughs> a dear friend of mine, uh, an old mentor of mine, uh, Chef Malcolm Hudson. He loved it, and he got me into it. Yeah. And since I already liked Star Anise, I kind of stole it from him. I picked it up from him. Okay. I well, use it as well. Fine. I carry on his tradition because he put it in everything too. I, just, I love You're the way it spreading tastes. His, I'm spreading his, his, glory. His, his glory around, his you style know, around. I think it's important when you are a chef to have a signature thing that people can't put their thumb on. You, you're yeah. going to eat these shrimp and grits and you're not going to be like, ah, right. star anise. Right. You're, most people who eat this aren't going to, they're going to know it tastes magical. They I'm not going to know alive. what it is. Yeah. Right. And I want to make my own version. That. You know, yeah. I want to make it a little more unique than everybody else's. Well, I love it. All right, got a good toast. By the way, these grits look gorgeous. Right, so that's nice only thick. been like ten, maybe yeah, seven not even ten minutes, minutes, but already you see it getting thick now. So they look like I don't want to I don't want to um, say something rude, but they look like cream of wheat. They just, do. I'm they just do. For listeners, sure. so you can understand mm -hmm. the texture. The texture. Mm -hmm. It's like these corn grits suspended in this incredible starchy emulsion. They're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so if you look at them now, they look like they're done. They're yeah, not. they're not. They are not. So you turn down to low and just let them and just sit let them simmer, bubble, burgle, indeed. Burble. That is. The, and uh, occasional stirs. Cool. Awesome. But now we get a little oh, bit of caramelization. That, that smell, incredible. right? That's now the shrimp caramelizing in that butter. Little shells caramelizing a little bit. Yeah. After they they, they 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 turn pink right away almost. Yeah. But then a little bit longer, you smell that. You hear it crisping wow. up in there. That is, and that is that's the flavor right there. This just helps it out. This is being you good know what it this smells like. What I love about uh, grilled shrimp. Sure. When you yes. char the yeah, shells, char, yes. And you eat them yes. shell and all. Mm-hmm. Damn. All that's right. The all right. At this point, we'll add our aromatics. Okay. And Ooh, to make the uh, a little stock a little oh. more colorful, and put just a little touch of tomato paste. There we go. Another and this, secret. And give it a nice bright. Reddish color and give, of course, a little sweetener. Because there is tomatoes also in the in the in the shrimp grits, yeah. That's so that that is for more for acidity and acid yeah. to cut the richness right. of the shrimp grits no dish. This is really here about yeah, just sweetness and color. And this right here is one of my most favorite smells in the whole world. Caramelized shrimp tomato plus paste. the no, the, the aromatics. Once you add the aromatics to it mm. and the shrimp shells together. Oh, I love oh that smell. Oh my god, smell. you just up my shrimp stock game so <laughs> right, big. Right. And you're caramelizing that um, 
tomato paste down there too. Oh, yep, and yep, yep. anise, and that you also have a beautiful bay leaf. I would say. Oh yes. People bay, really don't give bay leaves. They're just. They don't understand them. Yeah. They you don't know how important they are. You buy them in the supermarket. They're tiny. They're all brown. You kind of throw mm -hmm. one in. You got to get the big, fat, green, yeah. fresh ones. Otherwise, mm -hmm. don't use it. Right. It's not worth it. Now, to me, I, I thought a lot about this question about the bay leaf. Yeah. Herbs in general are not there just add flavor. They also cut things. They lighten things up a bit. Think about an herb. You put an herb in, in, in eggs, and it makes it a little bit lighter. Yes. Herbs also lighten things up. And the herb that does that the best is the bay leaf. Interesting. It's not a very strong flavor, but it is great for lightening things up. It's, it's an excellent cut thing It truly well. is like an aroma. It, I right. know what you mean. And people right. always ask, they're like, what's the point of the bay leaf? Because it seems like it does very little. Yeah, it's it so innocuous. It does. It's, it's subtle, but it does something, and it's yeah. important. It cut things, lightens things up, so it brightens things up a little bit. You're totally right about that. All right. Uh, uh -oh. Now, now deglaze a little bit of white wine. White wine for more acidity. This is going to be the most delicious <laughs> shrimp stock ever. It's pretty good. I'm really embarrassed by my shrimp stocks <laughs> before <laughs> I saw all this. I really make the most pedestrian shrimp stock. It's usually onions, carrots, celery, shrimp shells. It still tastes not, great, right? Well, not toasted. Toasted is the Well, now that I smell this and see you've got the star anise and the bay and the wine and the, and the uh, tomato paste, I'm... Embarrassed. I'm sad for my previous mm. stuff, but I'll never do that again. Oh my god, that smells amazing. And you haven't even put any water in there yet. Not yet. You're doing all the prep. Okay. So now we're just kind of burning off the alcohol from the wine and mm -hmm. deglaze the bottom of the pan, get some of that brown fond off the pan down there and yeah. get it into the stock. And then we'll just cover the shells. We have some cold water yeah. and bring it to a boil. And how long do you simmer? I mean, 15 minutes. Okay. I mean, it's just shrimp shells. You're not going to get that much off of these guys. This is why your shrimp and grips is so amazing. Agreed. It's all about this. This is the key. And a lot of chefs just use chicken broth, which is fine. Oh, no, God. But I mean, to, to me, yes, you make shrimp, a shrimp yeah. dish, you use shrimp stock. Yeah. It's not like people are cooking with shrimp every day. This seems like a lot of work, but this is it's a. Not. It's not a lot of work because you already have the shrimp and you might as well just use the shells. Right. That's just total waste. Yeah. I remember when I was peeling shrimp at a, my first real restaurant that I worked at. Yeah. And I threw the shells in the trash can oh. and the chef was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I worked at a restaurant for three years and every shell we peeled went in the trash can. It was a shrimp restaurant oh my and every, God. every shell went in the garbage can. And they made me a shrimp stock and I blew me away. And I was like, I can't let waste all those shells that over the years. Yeah. yeah. Never again. It's also, you can make a bunch and then, you know, freeze it and just have it. Like, Absolutely. Like, for risotto, I have, sure. actually, I have shrimp stock. I have shrimp saffron stock in my freezer from a paella I made once, and I had some leftover, and I just made a uh, risotto the other day with it. Perfect. And I was so happy to open up my freezer and be like, aha, I have all that work all I All that work I did, you know, months ago, here it comes, here now, we're good to go. Yep. Awesome. All right. all right. Okay. So what is next? Sorry, so we've so got next? our grits simmering. We've got our... Stock simmering. Now we need our third. So now we need to get pan. all of our mise en place for the shrimp and grits together. Okay. So what's um, in the what's in the shrimp? So and again, grits shrimp and grits. I mean, it, it could be so much in there. In the old days, it was just uh, shrimp on grits, like I said. But nowadays, it's kind of so complex. I mean, people. Um, I see mushrooms in there. I've seen. That I see, sounds wrong. <laughs> I, I agree, <laughs> but it's very traditional. Yeah. Oh, and it is? it is, and I don't yeah. like them in there. To me, shrimp and mushrooms don't really go together, but some people do. It's all about your palate and your, right. and your what your texture yeah, and flavors you are, you know. It. But I, I don't like it in there, but 
It seems that there's always a pork product. There's always a pork product, okay. which there might have been should be some salty pork product if it's a bacon yeah. or sausage okay. or country ham and whatever, you know. You I need was... some sort of salty pork product. So what'd you get? What's our salty pork so product? So today, today I got some really nice um, Polish kielbasa. That is beautiful. Very yeah. garlicky, very smoky, delicious. Fantastic. And I like this because the chef that trained me, he has an award-winning Shrimp and grits dish. Okay. James Beard award winning shrimp and grits dish. Oh. And he uses kielbasa. And so I don't want to use kielbasa because that was his thing. Most yeah. people don't use this. I've always used bacon and other things, ham. But my family, my father in particular, is a huge fan of kielbasa. It's, okay. it's part of uh, my my Croatian background. Oh. Hung out with a lot of Polish oh. people and they. Eastern they, European. Eastern European. Right. They love kielbasa. So that's, you know, they have a New Year's Day and things like that. And so I'm bringing it back today because. Today, uh, you mean literally today? Today, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since you used right. kielbasa. I love it. I uh, feel like but we're back when to I the saw beginning. this beautiful piece today at it the store, I was like, I gotta use Usually that. Usually, kielbasa you know? is so skinny, and that is like a, a good two know, inches a, in diameter. Huge, yeah. It's a real piece. So, so how, how big do you cut it up? So uh, the small one, I usually do half moons, but since this guy's this guy's so big, yeah. I think I'm gonna cut him into quarters. Okay. I'm cutting down the middle one time. Cut those two. I like that having a big, nice piece of meat in there. To yes. mimic the size of the shrimp. Yes. Nice. Makes something you chew on, too. Yep. So I usually like to do slab bacon over slabs bacon. So I want to be able to bite into the right. meat, too. Yeah. Slab bacon, then you got to render it so much. This is nice. Yes. This is, this is ready to go. Just brown yeah. it up. Gorgeous. It's a nice, big, half-inch size. Gorgeous. Quarter chunks of kielbasa. All right. So that's always in there. And then um, onions, garlic, very common to be in there, of course. Sweet onions. Um, and to me, a very important... Part of it is the is the tomato, and for it really, why? for acidity because it gets yeah, so rich. The kielbasa is right. rich. The grits are rich. Yeah. The, the broth is rich. Yeah. You need something to help cut that, and tomatoes do it perfectly. Tomatoes are magical. Perfect. Yeah, they really are that way. Yeah. Where, you know, just other things like acidity, artichoke or a lemon just wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. This, you know, perfect works just just fine. I so, also see you have a green pepper here. That's also I do. for me. In that my is book, also tradition acidity. as well. It's kind of you know, bright, clean. Bright and clean, exactly. Mm -hmm. Though I've used, I want green in there for color, no mm -hmm. matter what. So I've used, I, I just throw scallions in there for for color. I've used um, zucchini. I've used okra. Uh -huh. I've used oh, okra. I, yeah, that seems yeah. like that would be a great. Oh, I wanted my okra, but okra's hard to find in New York. Oh. In the so winter. we almost had okra today. Almost had yeah. okra today. Yeah. That's what's nice about trim and grits. That whatever your yeah, your whatever supermarket's you, whatever, got, whatever he's got, you can yeah. make it. But today we'll go more traditional. We we'll use the green bell pepper, okay. which tastes great. Great. And so butter. Gonna, how are you going to cut up the pepper? I'll just cut it in nice big chunks, okay. you know, bite-sized chunks again. See, similar to the, the chunks of the uh, of the kielbasa. Are you not going to use that pepper? You oh, cut I the am. top and the bottom. Oh, no, right. I use that too. Right. But I find it easier to do this part here without those ends oh. on it. Here's Once those ends on it, they get in my way. You little curls, pepper, the curls like, here top, like yeah. that. Uh -huh. You cut it top and bottom mm -hmm. off, and then you cut a. Then I cut this nice big cheeks. rectangle. Much Beautiful. easier to cut much up. Flatter. Easy, much flatter, easier to get to. And then I come back to that top and bottom. Oh my, you are so artful the way you just pop that top out with your <laughs> finger. <laughs> Sometimes podcasts are hard because you can't see I know. all these amazing little, little things tricks you do with your yeah. life. You're so just so comfortable. There we go. Oh my God, that's I, I green peppers. I think I don't like them because I feel like they're so I boring. But truly, saying. when you cook with them, they add this lightness, this I, freshness, agreed. the crunch, the yeah. lightness. Absolutely, I feel the same way. I didn't like them for years, 
they were too strong. I hated yeah. them as a child. And then, then, then only wanted after that, I only wanted the red, the yeah, sweet ones. Me and, but too. now, like green is different. I'm back. And you need you, sometimes, sometimes you need the green yeah. over the red. You know, the red would be just too sweet in here. Right. I want that acidic, light, crunchy green pepper. I often blow people away by telling them that green peppers are just unripe red peppers. People yeah. are, are like, yeah, they don't believe what? me sometimes. I was like, I no, yeah, they, yeah, every pepper starts out green. It's a, that's why it's not sweet. It's unripe. Right, it's not ripened yet. But it has its place. All right, so you're putting a big 12-inch skillet on the All right. stove. I'm going to stir these Shows grits. Yeah, get thicker, right? They're gorgeous. Get yeah, thicker. they're getting. They get thicker, but so much more slowly. It's like almost imperceptible, but I can see. Yeah, we they see sit up higher on the yep. spoon. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh my God, shrimp stock's going. Grits are going. All right, you're going to fire right. up this so, pan. The rest of this the has fat? to, very important, has to be done in this order. The fat, of course, would be butter. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. I love that that's But if we course. add all this stuff, if we have the shrimp and the tomatoes and, and the sausage and the peppers and the aromatics all in at once yeah. and, you know, and then the stock and bring it to a boil, basically, it won't be correct. All okay. Right. What is our the order? The kielbasa will now caramelize. We want uh -huh. more flavor on here, so you want to brown this first in the butter, okay? Then of course, quick saute on our onions and garlic. Okay. It will then bloom a little bit of my spice. Secret spice secret mix? Secret spice mix here. Oh. Bloom that first. Uh, listeners, he has already measured out his secret spice mix. He wasn't even gonna do that in front of me. That's so right. I would it's not know what your secret spice mix is. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, it's a little, little bit like Old Bay meets blackening seasoning. Okay. Think that, you know. Old Bay plus blackening seasoning. I make my okay. own, but I think that's kind of what it is. It's okay. kind of a seafood thing and a blackening thing kind of mixed together. Awesome. All right, so order of business is Kielbasa first. Brown in the butter. Then onions and then garlic. Then garlic. Then bloom the spices. Okay. And then the shrimp. And then the very end, the tomatoes. I think you forgot your peppers. Peppers go into with the uh, aromatics. Onions, yes. okay. Yes. Onions, garlic, and, and peppers. If we add it all at once, like I said, the kielbasa would not brown. Yep. The shrimp would overcook and yep. be rubbery, and the tomatoes would just disintegrate. I want to be able to bite in the tomatoes. Brilliant. It has okay. to be done in this order. I so love that. We'll just it's fast, but you're right. The order is... The order is, is so important. All right, so you it got yourself crucial. a knob of butter. Okay. Whoop, you got some paper on there. Oh, thank you. I got it. Some more. All right, so we got a couple tablespoons of butter in your hot skillet. I can use less, of course. And you can use no, olive oil, of course, of course, you know. Absolutely just saying, not. <laughs> Might be a little healthier. You don't have to use butter, but, yeah. you know, I, this is from the South. And like we say in restaurants, it's better with butter. Is that what they say? <laughs> I like this because I usually, I don't think about butter for browning meats because I always think it's going to burn, but actually that brown butter is going to be mm -hmm. muy bien in this. All right, little kielbasis. So yeah, my shrimp grits is not is not going to be gravy like. I'm not going to add a, a flour to it and make a roux. I want it to be more brothy. Okay. And that's is why is that? I just like it better that way. It's a personal preference. You know, mm -hmm. you can make yours whatever way you want to. But I like. It's to me, it's still too heavy. You're putting gravy on top of grits. It's yeah. It's heavy on top of heavy. So I want a nice lighter broth to kind of cut the heaviness and richness of the grits. So it's not like a like a sausage gravy that's got the flour and the milk. Yeah, in. like that. Very thick, you know, white, heavy yeah, gravy. Yeah, this makes sense to have like no flour because you've got all this kielbasa. But I'm sure there are some people that are listening to this like, oh no, that's no. not shrimp and grits. I don't know, but, that, know, but I can't, I'm so excited about <laughs> that shrimp broth, I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah. I just want to drink, like a cup of that, just to drink. Oh, you're already browning here. That browns mm -hmm. pretty fast. Yeah, the butter. It's 
So you want, you know, you want to be totally brown. You know, it's just going to be take too long and mm -hmm. feel too much crunch. But you know, you want to use some browns on those flat sides that you cut. So leave leave them alone for a while. Don't stir too much. If you stir too much, of course, they won't ever brown. So leave them alone. Leave them a minute, then stir. Leave them a minute, then stir until they're brown. You know, on a few of the sides. Okay. And that's good enough. Good enough. Good enough. It's like parenting. Good enough parenting. Yeah. I learned that when I became a parent. Although I don't know if I want to be a good enough chef. I still want to keep yeah, pushing it. Yeah. But every day that you put dinner on the dinner, every day that you put dinner on the table, it doesn't. It can be just good enough. It doesn't have to be magical every right, night. Right. Right. That's what I'm always trying to get people to do because then they think that they can only cook if they've got a lot of right. time or fancy ingredients. And they assume that we chefs every night have a, this magical right. chef meals. Like no, it's just <laughs> rice and chicken and broccoli. Right, you know. Exactly. <laughs> we keep it pretty simple. Yeah. We also have lives. Yeah, I also want to not spend an hour and a half in the kitchen every yeah. night. I want to spend maybe 20, 30 minutes in the kitchen. Yeah. In the kitchen. That looks gorgeous. Right. Of course, a little, little brown there. Dreamy. So good. Butter browned kielbasa. I'm right. not quite sure what would be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Smell-wise. Indeed. So these grits are, they are still going. Yeah, they're yep. on low. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, let's taste them down see, see oh, yeah. what you, what okay. you think and see if they're, how gritty they still are. Okay. No, they're very hot, obviously, so careful. Mm, they are still gritty. Yeah, right. They look done. That's so crazy. But they're still, yeah. they're still, they're not cooked yeah. through. Because I'm used to cooking polenta, so at this point, polenta would it's be done. done. Right, but this definitely, definitely has done. more. Yeah. And it, you can, it's not just chew, you can, you can feel the rawness yeah, of your yes. teeth. Yeah, yes, it's a crunch, like yeah. sand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not cooked yet. Let's keep going. I'm going to turn up the heat a little sure. bit. Sure. There we go, look at that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. All right, so mm -hmm. we've got brown kielbasa. Got so brown kielbasa. Next? All right, now we'll throw in our onions, peppers, and garlic. All like right. a nice, you know, sweet onions. This is a, this is a, a Vidalia that I had today at okay. the store. Some chopped up garlic. garlic clove. Okay. And our chopped up green bell pepper. Beautiful. And just saute this for a few minutes to soften up the texture and flavors. Now, are you adding any salt to this dish? Or? Well, there's salt in my spice rub. Oh, okay. It's in there, but yes. Yeah, and there's salt in the kielbasa, too. Yeah. And there's That's some salt in there. And there's salt in the in grits. The and the grits as well. There's salt right. in here. None you of the broth. The broth, the only thing has no salt in it. Okay. It's the only thing that has no salt in it. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aggressive salter, as I always tell students. I am, too. No, oh, their faces when I... Salt oh. things on. Yeah. <laughs> faces like and I'm up. like, I swear I'm not trying to kill you or like make saying, your food too salty. This will not taste salty. Yeah. This is going to be excellent. And yeah. they're like, you know what? I didn't believe you when you said that. And yeah. sure enough, this is delicious. Well, because home cooks don't like to push. They're yeah, they don't. more nervous about the salt. Sure. So here, I'm like, I'm not nervous about salt. Yeah. So I'm going to add the right I'm amount. I'm not nervous about I want it to taste really, really good. Yeah. I want you to love it when you bite into it. Beautiful. All right, let's strain this stock off. Okay. Yeah, that's been simmering about 12 minutes. Ooh, a little chinoise, chinoise. action. Fancy. All right. Cut this in here. Put it there. Just going to strain it through a nice fine strainer. And of course, all those shells and mm. aromatics, they are kaput. There is no more flavor left in them. They are oh done. God, they Put smell them in magical. the compost. But look at that beautiful broth. Look at the color. That tomato paste was really key yeah, because it's it huge. really 
It accentuates that pinkness exactly. of the shrimp. Exactly. It's already a little bit pink from the shrimp, but Beautiful. that I gotta taste little bit of paste. Hold on. I get my sure. spoon here. No, hold on before you taste it. Oh wait, okay. Right, get a little magic salt. That's right, you gotta salt on it before you taste it, otherwise you won't taste anything in it. All right. Mm. That that is just heaven. Right. It's like umami. I never think of um, shrimp as having that umami. Well, although tomatoes, tomatoes have mm -hmm, umami mm -hmm. in them. But that that's like right up there with sort of mushrooms and aged cheeses. That kind of like headiness mm -hmm. of intensity. I think it comes from the toasting the shells. And that I think, I think caramelization. That's the key to that, yeah. Incredible. So excited. Very good. I'm sorry y'all at home couldn't see John doing his little chef flip. Saute. Just stir. Yeah, just stir. Just at home. stir. At home. If you try that at home, you might land up with the. No, I know you know about plus. blooming. Blooming, blooming, right? Talk to me about blooming. So blooming is when you want to get a little more flavor out of your dried spices. Yeah. They're heat activated. So if I add these spices and then right away, right away add the broth to it, then the spices can only reach 212 degrees, which is hot as water gets to the boil. Right. But add to the hot fat here, which is probably 354 degrees. Yeah. It pulls more flavor out. It extracts more flavor. Love from it. the spice it's called blooming it's very important i love it it's a key key it's key it's a waste of spices if you don't bloom right all right so you're tossing. so i'm gonna turn the heat down some because okay. this blooms quickly Fast. and it can burn fine lines between bloom spices and burn spices so give me an idea of your magic seasoning rub because i see some herbs in there sure i herbs. got some oregano in here and paprika in here and cumin okay. uh cayenne right um Is i got a little bay in here no it's it's okay. hot but not hot hot okay. i want a little tickle there yeah. A little tickle. A little tickle. Love it. <laughs> Give me a little tickle. All right, so all the spice is going. So you've got like a good heaping two tablespoons of spice. Oh, you're not adding all. Oh, right. no. Okay. No, all no. Right. It's way too much. <laughs> so <laughs> that maybe that was more like a yeah. two teaspoons yeah. of spice. That sounds about right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And now we're stirring it around, and now it's hitting that hot fat in there, and it's coming to life. You can smell. Oh, yeah. Smell it. Damn. It's blooming in there. All it right. It smells like like Cajun food now, like right? like really bright, bloomy spices. Sure. Now our shrimp. Okay. Here and shrimp, go. definitely wild caught. Always. Not farm raised. No, why? Tell us, It does John. not taste good. Farm no. raised shrimp is not eating what it's supposed to eat. It's eating corn and soybeans, and therefore and it has no flavor. And tons of antibiotics. It's and really tons egregious. of antibiotics. Has the same texture the shrimp always has, but zero flavor. No. It's awful. Right. All right, so we got our wild shrimp. shrimp. Now, going now our broth. broth. Holy cow. Oh, my God. I am so freaking excited for this dish. Yeah, because shrimp, it's amazing how quickly they cook. Once yeah. they tighten up. They tighten up, turn pink all over. You're done. So when I see the shrimp are kind of half cooked, they're kind of still halfway brown okay. or gray and yeah. halfway pink, then I add the tomatoes. Because you want to keep the tomatoes almost raw. Oh, yeah. Well, I want, I, want, I want to be tender but warm. Warm, right? I want them to bite into them. You don't want them to want them to still have their shape. Absolutely. So right about here. Okay. You see that? They're kind of yep, halfway there. Halfway. Now I'll throw these guys in. And your sliced tomatoes. This is just so beautiful too. Well, you first of all you use multicolored cherry tomatoes. So yes, yeah, so yellow, color, and the green bell pepper. Exactly, you got to have that some green and red in there. So I'm going to come to a bowl here now. We're just waiting for that shrimp to tighten up. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, of course, more of the magic seasonings. No. Oh, more butter. More butter. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the South. <laughs> 
And I'm holding back God today. Bless usually it's a lot more. Than... No, don't hold back. No, I mean, I still, I'm still putting out plenty in there, but in a restaurant, I mean, it's an ungodly right. amount. I always tell students that I'm like, listen, the way I teach you how to cook with the salt and the fat, I'm holding back because I don't want to scare you because you're <laughs> seeing it all happening and you have to do this at home. Right. And you're not going to want to eat something that you think is so overwhelmingly fatted or salted. But just so you know, when you go out to a restaurant, what you don't see, that's why food might taste a lot more dramatic for you because they, they don't, they aren't afraid of it. They're not afraid. Fat. They will look yeah. it up. They want you to come back for more. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you will. And you will. Exactly. So how long do you think you cook, you simmer this with the, um, with the shrimp in it? I mean, it comes back to a boil. That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Maybe a minute. You know, I mean, a shrimp cooks so fast. And we all so know. what? Okay, so now while that's simmering away, these grits. What do you do with them to finish them? The butter's already in them. Salt's that already. In so them. I taste them now. Them. And, you know, maybe a little more salt in them, but I, I like to add cheese to mine. Oh, you what know? kind of cheese? Now down south, there's only oh. two kind of cheeses. Did you know that? No. Down <laughs> Is south. One of them American cheese. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> down south, there's white cheese and yellow cheese. Ah. That's <laughs> true. That's kind of confusing, but that's what they say. So down there. it's basically no aging. Like yeah, it's really yeah, creamy, yeah, bland. Bland, yeah. So, uh, so what do you add? But here? often it's American cheese or cheddar cheese, but I like a little bit of Parmesan cheese, just mm -hmm. like a nice little. So I don't want too much in there, but a nice little hint in there sure tastes good. All right, so you got. Well, actually, you don't have Parmesan. You got. I have. You yes. got pecorino. Pecorino romano, yes, which I but like a, a nice, little better. But a nice salty cheese, basically. Right. I like that. So at the restaurant you used to work at, where, um, what, what did you put cheese in your grits? We did not. Okay. I, I would occasionally, um, for a special. Yeah. Now when I had my restaurant, yeah. when I finally had was my menu, I did put cheese in the grits. Because <laughs> you're like, this is my. Restaurant. I want to make it my own. Yeah. yeah. And I like it so in there. It tastes good. So what cheese did you use? I, I switched it up. I use I use Parmesan, Romano, mm -hmm. or cheddar sometimes. I like a good cheddar grit. I, feel I like do that's too. Pretty classic. That's more common. Really that's more, aged, more southern for sure. Really aged cheddar, so it's sharp, like a good Irish cheddar. All right, I'm going to taste these. You just put about a half All a right. cup of coarsely grated pecorino in here. Oh yeah. Oh man. Those are perfect. They're good to go. They're not. Yeah, we're going to try them. I mean, I think that they taste right. They have like a little chew to them, but they're not. A, it's not a raw chew. It's um got a nice, got a great. Texture. That's done. Yeah. That's oh my done. god. All right, we're gonna flip this off. All right, I'm gonna pause for a second here, and then we're gonna plate this up, and we're gonna eat it. That sounds good. Is this like a fork thing or a spoon thing? <laughs> I feel like there are a, spoons yeah. there. Oh, like this gonna, dish. Yeah. I mean, it's it usually done with a fork, but I mean, it's that broth. You right, want but that broth, there. I don't want to miss yeah, this right? morsel. That broth. I'm gonna use a spoon. Go for it. Okay. I'm going to take a little bit of grits, the broth, and mm -hmm. a chunk of something. Oh, probably this kielbasa. I feel like the I can't do kielbasa and shrimp on the same bite or take over my mouth. Oh, man. Yeah, right. You know what I love about this? So I mean, good. not only the flavors are amazing. Color, tons of color, mm -hmm. but also the texture. There's like a kind of a crunchy bell mm -hmm. pepper, yep. the soft, creamy mm -hmm. grits. That loose, brothy, um, broth, broth. <laughs> and the sort of the bounce of the shrimp mm -hmm. and the softness and of the, the tomatoes. Tomato. Like, there's so many mm -hmm. different things going on. It's I'm not all, all about texture. So texture is important to me. Is, is, is flavor. You love textured food. In your mouth. So important. Mm. Oh my god. Thank you. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. I love this podcast because it allows me 
entree into all these kitchens mm -hmm. and then somebody makes me lunch. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> sweet. That's awesome. Thank you, John. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Kitchen Radio. If you're interested in today's recipe, you can find that and more at homecookingny.com. Just click on the podcast link. There you can ask me any of your culinary questions or even pitch yourself as a future guest. And when you find yourself in New York City, please join us for a cooking class at Home Cooking New York, our cooking school in downtown Manhattan. Until next time, toodaloo!